Good morning. All right, the rest of us will go to Timmy's. Who's going to? We got a bus driver. Probably do a couple of shuttles. The last one pays. I'm going to go first. Yeah. First Peter, chapter number one. First Peter, chapter number one. Pray for a lot of uh, our, our brethren are feeling ill. And uh, take some vitamin C and keep your immune system high and functioning. First Peter, chapter number one. And verse number six. First Peter chapter number one and verse number six. This is our last of lesson two. We're going to be done today, and we'll move on to lesson three. First Peter chapter number one and verse number six. Pray for Brother John, okay? Have you noticed lately he's not here Sunday morning because he's taking care of his mom. Uh, mom is diabetic. And they uh, have some major decision to make. So pray for that, okay? And Noah and Brother Jake has been very helpful with the Sunday school. And so uh, obviously Brother John wants to be here. But if you can think of him maybe later, say hi to him. Don't interrogate, all right? Just tell him you're praying for him, okay? So if you notice that he's not here lately, that's the reason why, all right? First Peter chapter number 1. In verse number 6 to verse number 7, let me read it to you, follow along. Uh, It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto unto praise and honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you in this uh, Sunday hour, Sunday morning. Thank you for those that have made it here. Lord, thank you for the health you provided us. Lord, for those that are not healthy today, uh, they might be watching live stream, and some of them might not even be able to because of their health. Lord, I pray that you should heal them and bring them back to us uh, in assembly. Lord, I pray for those that are not able to leave at all. Lord, they're homebound. Lord, thank you for their faithfulness, even though it might be through live stream. And Lord, thank you for the live stream for that purposes. For those, Lord, that chose not to be here for some reason that they're able to come, I pray that you would gently, uh, with a still small voice, let them know it's better to be in the church. Lord, I pray that you'd bless even the churches now that we are uh, nurturing and we're praying for uh, growth and we're praying for them to be on their own. I think of Brightway Baptist Church. I think of Countryside. Lord, we're praying that uh, some of them don't have a pastor. Brightway, we're looking for a permanent pastor. We're praying for Brother Brent. Uh, for Countryside, we think of Brother uh, Ben. Thank you for him as you continue to grow him. Thank you for Pastor Cole uh, being a help there. Even Calvin, even Joe are there from our church helping. I pray, Lord, that you would raise up different people in their place someday. Uh, as they uh, minister over there, train some people that they would take their uh, their jobs, Lord, and, and that church would continue to grow. Lord, thank you for our church. Thank you for new people that have been coming lately, Lord. Uh, we appreciate, Lord, all the faithfulness of those that have been here for a long time. Thank you for every one of them. And Lord, thank you for our church, Lord, that as I look around, Lord, many people do 
many things. Lord, at least in a ministry of some sort. I pray for those that might not be in the ministry and looking for some, something to do. I pray, Lord, that they will be uh, convicted in the sense of challenged by you and help them to find a place. Lord, we'll lovely, we love to, to see them in the, in the ranks helping. Lord, I pray that you'd bless us today, bless our church, uh, and thank you again for this morning. Thank you for the sunshine. And we are anticipating what you're going to do this morning and tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As you rejoice, we find that God has met our goal. <clears throat> uh, 288,000 plus. So uh, I think Pastor mentioned it Wednesday, and I'm going to uh, second him. Uh, it's only 35 people in the sense of we're 35 cards. So imagine if we get 60, which we lack in 30. Pray for that. Uh, whatever that might be, that would be added to what we already have. So... Uh, uh, there's a lot of problem in our society. I think in the world it's this way, where a few people do a lot of the load, the work. And so I encourage those that may be not part of it, uh, not to manipulate you to make a decision, but consciously make that decision and say, what can I do to be a part of it? What can I do to help? And, uh, you know, uh, there's so much more to be done, and there's so much more could be done. But our, 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 our numbers are low, and so the workers are already strapped and doing a bunch of stuff. So pray for each other as you think of it. Uh, pray for people that are in ministry, even teaching, junior church, other things. And uh, pray for them that God would give them uh, strength, and God would continue to give them health, and God would continue to give them uh, what I call a newness of their ministry. You know, I don't want to come to the pulpit and I'm tired of it. You know, I want it where I come, where I'm happy about it, or I'm excited about it. And all the ministry, we want that. When a bus driver gets back on the bus this morning and rides on the bus, she's as excited as the first time she ever drove that bus. All right? And uh, uh, speaking of the bus, we need help in the bus. Just to be honest, uh, the people that are trying to do it are already crazy busy. They're already, some of them are helping in another church plant. And so we need some help if you're wanting to. Uh, find something to do, we can, all right? And it's not all about doing. It's all about being, all right? So think about that in your life as a Christian. God wants us to be a Christian, all right? And I, I think I thought about it very, very much last time. I don't find my being a Christian in, is defined by what I do necessarily. I am a Christian. That's why I do it. I'm saved, that's why I serve. I don't serve to gain anything except for the fact that I say thank you for what I've already been given. So I'm already holy in the sight of God, not because of anything I've done, but because of what he has done, all right, in First Peter. And so I serve now because I've already been given. So it's a heart of thankfulness and a heart of love uh, because he's already loved me. He's already shown that he loved me. He has done what no one else could have ever done. And now I'm just reciprocating and saying, hey, God, because you love me, I want to love you back. And thus, if you need anything, I'm available. And so I'm doing this, okay? It will be very different because you get caught up when you're doing something for the Lord uh, out of this idea that I'm doing him a favor. Then you get in trouble because then you can have pride. You can have self-righteousness, and you can be as guilty as the Pharisees doing things for the glory of themselves and for the praise of men. 
God says we're not men pleasers. We are here to please God. So please, when you do something for the Lord, for the church, for other people, mindful of this. All of this is you're reciprocating God's love. That's what we say in the church here. Show them the love of God. That's exactly what we're doing because the love of God has come upon us. Now that has motivated us to the Holy Ghost. Now we have the, the passion and the desire. I'm going to share that love with somebody else. They might not deserve it, but I'm going to show it to them. All right? None of us deserve to be loved. But praise the Lord, God loved us. And praise the Lord, there's other people that chose to love us. You're blessed today. Just think about it for a second. There's many people that might dislike us. But there's some people that love us. And just for, for a moment, ponder and say, I am blessed to have somebody to love me. Another human being. Right? You have a daughter, maybe. You have a son. You have a husband. You have a wife. I know all my kids love me, whether they say it or not. I can just feel it. No. No, they do. They do show it and they express it. So I'm blessed. Uh, my wife loves me. And, uh, and thank you again for a lot of people here. It's hard to uh, fathom that uh, you just have showered us so many things with so many blessings. So we're very thankful as a family. We have been, we have been very blessed by some of you. And uh, you know who you are. I want to take the glory from the Lord, but God will take care of you. He will bless you for what you've done. Real faith promises help, all right? Real faith promises help, and that's our last point on lesson two. We talked about real, help, real faith promises hope, then real faith promises heaven. So on uh, Roman numeral number three here, we got real faith promises help, okay? We got some, uh, some things that we need help, right, in life. And Pastor covered this, I think, in a couple of messages lately, and it's not ironic that God is bringing it up again, okay? So I've been, I've been excited about teaching this lesson, just kind of jumping board on what our pastor has been teaching about suffering. And so it's going to go right into that. First Peter, we talked about already 1, uh, verses 6 to 7. Look at some words in there that uh, maybe we didn't pay attention to when we read it earlier. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. So it premises it here with... Joy. This is something to joy over. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season it need be. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uncertainty in there for us human beings. We don't know what's going to happen. It just shows you we're needed. We're, need, we're very needy. But praise the Lord, God knows in his sovereignty, he's got foreknowledge. He knows uh, what will be. And uh, I was going to say something again, too, that uh, it's amazing, and I don't totally understand how it works with his sovereignty and will. I think Pastor even touched on it. It's pretty amazing. He said something, I think, last preaching. He, he talked about it last Sunday. That I don't know when, uh, how God uh, understands in his omniscience and his omnipresence and his omnipotent God that a mere infinite being like me makes a choice that deters or changes my direction, but yet he knows. He's got foreknowledge of what will happen. Uh, uh, and it's just it's mind-blowing. Mind Don't pretend to understand that, but uh, the simple way that I'm understanding is that as I make choices every day, that means he's, he's paying attention to me. Much more so. 
because he has given me the ability to receive consequences for my choices. So like I was talking about, I could choose this direction. I could choose to go this way. I could go to go this way. And there's so many different angles I could go from the point that I am at. But I feel that the Lord knows all of those. If I chose to go this way, he'll know the end of that. If I chose this way, he'll know the end of that. But he gives me that choice in his sovereignty. I don't understand that, but he does. And as he does that, that means in my mind, he's given me this thought that he's paying attention a lot more intently. Right? It's amazing uh, how blessed we are. And that's why he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber nor sleep because he's paying attention to not just me. He's paying to a bunch of us. And it's amazing what, what a God that we serve. Uh, letter A there in your sub point under point number three. Help in our heavy times. H-E-A-V-Y. Heavy times. Who hasn't known the burden of a heavy heart? Uh, if you lived any length of time, you have had probably experience with something very, very sad or very, very, a burden that's very heavy. And some of you may even be bearing a burden now that's heavy, okay? And uh, every one of us go through seasons of manifold temptations, many trials, situations that place heavy loads on our shoulders. Sometimes those around us don't even know anything about the weight that we are carrying. Yet, the Lord is our help in heavy times and reminds us that our burdens are only for a season. Another encouraging verse uh, and uh, passage is 2 Corinthians. If you want to turn to 2 Corinthians, chapter number 4. Again, it's in your, it's in your uh, notes there, but if you want to highlight it or underline it, it'd be good if you put it, uh, go through your Bible there. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 17 For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, we saw for a season, it might be now, and it need be only. So some of of us might be blessed not to suffer as others have. Some of us might not go through problems. Or it might be very little. But uh, at times, we might all go through it. Okay, And, and, And again, the sovereignty of God is something I can't totally understand uh, I'm just trying to see what he's saying in, the, in his word here. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, work it for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's for a purpose. There's a reason why we go through it. And there's, there's a purpose, and the purpose is for our betterment. So we talked about it last week about real faith promises heaven. And how heaven is like, uh, it's like the, when you go to the hotel and you got all the luggages that you've been bringing for a long trip and you're tired, uh, they're the bellboy that open up and says, I'll take that. And going to heaven is like that. You're going to drop all the weight that you've been carrying. All the consequences of sin will be relinquished and it'll be done. It'll be no longer needed. And it's, it's, it's going to be, I can't even imagine how wonderful that would be, you know. Uh, if, you, if you hold any kind of responsibility, taking care of anyone in your life, you know how much responsibility you have. You take it seriously, you know how serious it can be. 
and how, how hard it could be. Some of us, a lot of us, uh, are, are carrying burdens right now of, of, of parents, uh, people that are in my, my, my parents' age. A lot of you I can almost name. Uh, almost everybody is dealing with taking care of an aging parent. And, and speaking of that, pray for Pastor Cole and the Cole family. Uh, uh, Grandpa George is not doing well, so pray for that, okay? Uh, keep that in your mind, and it's a burden that one of our brothers are carrying. And so, and, and sister and their family. So think of that. And uh, there's many. I just talked to Brother Up the Grove. Uh, I know Brother Brother Bob is going to see his dad, uh, Mrs. O'Mara, mom, Brother O'Mara, his mom, my dad, the, the house there. In it's just, I just, I can keep putting it together. And uh, it's very honorable. It's very honorable what people are doing. And it's biblical. And I appreciate it. And God will take care of them for doing that. And someday, those that are their parents, it's our turn. Right? Tell your parents, be good with your money, be good with your health, because we will take care of you. All right? Help us out here. All right? But anyways, I appreciate the testimony. What, a, what, a, what an example for all of us uh, someday to do. You know, but it goes on here. It says... Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18, it says, uh, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And the only way you can look at something that is not seen is through the eyes of faith. And Hebrews 11 is very clear about that. Hebrews 11, you want to go there? Hebrews 11, it's not on your note. I did that on purpose, so we go... And do something different. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Somebody says, faith is the ability for us to reach into the spiritual realm and bring something out to the physical realm. And that's a, that's a saying, and there's some truth to that. Uh, faith is the ability for us sometimes to go into the spiritual realm, the things that are not seen by our naked eye, and pull it out so that it can be seen uh, with, our, with our eyes physically. And uh, faith, is a, faith is a very powerful thing. Uh, when we are in the midst of a burden, it seems as if we will go on forever. It will go on forever, but it won't. It is only for a season. And it talks about for a moment. It talks about now for a season. All right? Hope in some of those verses. And it says, if need be. And so I said, God, I don't need it. Because it says, if need be. I, I think I don't need it. Right? Is that what you're trying to say, Lord? <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of hope even in that heaviness. Uh, there's somebody that would say, this too shall pass. All right? This too shall pass. Even if our heavy burden lasts for an entire lifetime, they cannot last forever. There are only temporary assignments. And in heaven, we will be thankful for the blessings God brought to our lives through them. Look at Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 18. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 18. We know of 8.28, but look at verse 18 here for a second. Romans 8. In verse number 18, 
For I reckon the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. At any point, what this lesson should be helping us is the fact that the hardship and the trial and the burden is not going to get lighter. It's not going to take you out of the discomfort that this trial you're in is bringing upon you. But what this lesson might give you is the fact that I don't have to be in it forever. I don't have to be in it and, and it will drive you to a God that says, if you have burdens, I can help carry them. My burden is light, right? My yoke is easy. My burden is light, Matthew 11, 28, 29, 30. Come, come to me. And that's what burden does, and that's what trial does. Job spent more time after the situation happened to him in Scripture. A whole book is given to us. He was seeking God more because of the situation. Now, before that, he was making offerings, even for his children. But then the whole situation changed when he lost everything that he only then was focused on God. Not even in the friends that was there sitting with him because they were miserable at, at, at all best. Except for a young man called Elihu, and that's a different subject in itself. But Job spent more time seeking God in the midst of the trial than otherwise if he didn't go through it. So I'm not saying to you, be excited when trials come. But I'm saying if they do come, if need be, they're only there going to be for a season. And therefore, your benefit is to give God glory, and at times, it will give you honor. It will give you honor in times. And so, what I suggest is that rejoice. As the scripture we read already in First Peter, rejoice. Rejoice because of the hope that your faith will get you through it. All right? It's the faith that you have based on Christ. He will get you through the storm. Someday the storm will be behind you. Someday the storm will be behind you. And there's some storms in our lives, in the Philippines, even physical storms, uh, that I remember I thought we would be dead. But praise the Lord, now we look back and say, that wasn't too bad. Now, right? Now, because we're not in the middle of it. I remember at uh, six years of age, I thought the earth was was gone. And it was Mount Pinatubo blowing up. At 12 noon, it was 12 midnight. And our world was upside down, turned upside down. And as a little boy, I was petrified. I didn't know the Lord. But that caused me to pray. Even as a lost person. It caused me to seek after God. And, uh, but I'm glad I can look back now and say, whew, that's done. You know? <clears throat> Uh, look at First uh, Peter again, 5, in verse number 10. Not only are our trials for a season, they are also for a reason. Okay? First Peter 5, 10 gives us a glimpse into some of the God's reasons for allowing trials in our lives. Again, he's working out of his sovereignty. He knows what's best for you. He has a foreknowledge of what will happen. And if you choose certain directions in life, he will be there, and he knows the outcome of every choice that you make. First Peter 5 and verse number 10 says, 
But the God of all grace, who had called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after they had suffered for a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I was talking about this, I think, Sunday night, preaching about uh, being, uh, having order in your life, having stability in your life, and having uh, security being settled, being, being established. And one way God sometimes does that is put you through suffering. All right? We do that with our men that are trained to go into hardship, as uh, going into war. They go into boot camp, and boot camp trains them as much as possible what could be out there. And so God sometimes does that. He puts us in hardship. And at times, it's because there's going to be harder things coming down the road. All right? And sometimes that might be it. Or uh, you can help somebody else that is going to go through what you have already gone through. And even as, a, as young as my wife and I, there's some things we've, we've encountered in life that we're very puzzled about and didn't know what to do. Praise the Lord for the Bible. Praise for the Lord for a man of God that led us through the Bible and the Holy Ghost, that we were able to overcome some things. And even in the middle of some of those things, even some, now, we, we can rest in, in, in God's grace that he, can, that he can continue to carry us through it. And then we hear other people, oh, this is not unusual. This is something common. And we can help somebody else. Okay? And so... Uh, God's, God's purpose for us is always to be a help to somebody else. And so think about that as you're going through the trials. Uh, it's not an exciting time, but it is a time you can joy in tears as you're crying, as you're begging God for mercy and help and grace. Uh, think about this. It's going to be for a short season. It's, gonna, it's not going to last forever. There's a reason for it. And one of the reasons may be I'm going to turn and look at somebody else maybe in it with me. And let me focus on them a little bit. You know, the idea of a pain reliever is to give you a little pain to relieve you of a bigger pain. And so sometimes, spiritual applying pain relievers here, if you have pain and you want to get some reprieve a little bit, go to somebody that might be in hurt or in pain as well and help. It might relieve you of some of your pain. Okay, uh, many Christians learn more about the Lord and grow more in their relationship with him through six months of trial than they could in six straight years of preaching and Bible study. And sad to say that it's so true. We've seen it over and over again. God has a way of doing a special work in our lives during times of trial. The butterfly does not transform and takes metamorphosis does not happen if the butterfly continues to enjoy being a caterpillar and just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and poop and eat and eat and eat and poop and eat and just keeps doing that. At one point for them to turn into a beautiful butterfly that benefits us by pollinating plants and be a benefit rather than a destructive force, the butterfly, or the caterpillar has to make a choice, and he has to make this choice. He has to stop eating. And he has to starve for how many... He's not eating in the cocoon, guys. 
and it has an amazing transformation happening in there. As he comes out, then he not only is now a benefit to us in beauty, but he's benefiting us in pollinating trees. And it's amazing. It takes us to go into that hardship. And as we come out in this metamorphosis, we become a useful blessing to our people around us. And so, again, I'm not excited when trials come. I'm not excited when bad news come. But what bad news has done for me and my family, I've noticed, is we've dropped on our knees quicker than anything else would get us on our knees. Now, we can be established, we can be settled, we can be grounded without going through hardship. We talked about that last Sunday night. Just be in the Word of God, be obedient, be faithful. But sometimes there's a way, if you be stubborn a little bit, he'll say, I'll put you in some trials. I'll put you in some trials. Because the key to being settled and being strong is a very, very, very close relationship with an omnipotent God. All right? In the Philippines, it's not what you know. The society goes, it's not what you know to get things done. It's who you know. And the people that we know there, we are insignificant, but they are very significant. And so we know them, so does the blessings of them being well-known kind of trickles upon us. And now we get to go to this situation where we've never had the chance if we didn't know that person. And so is with God. We can experience some things we would not otherwise understand or even get to experience. But because we know him, we get to enjoy some of those. And so uh, bear with God. And let him carry you through and learn the lessons you need in the trials and sufferings that God has given to you. The trials that God allows are not meant to destroy us. They're meant to strengthen us. They're not meant to cause us to wash out. They're meant to establish and stabilize us. All right, letter B, help in our trying times. Help, I get, I make a pointer here. I'm, I'm developing a message because I don't totally understand this because it falls into the sovereignty of God. But God does a chastening hand and the effects is very similar to the trying of your faith. So the chastening hand of God feels like the trial of your faith at times. But the trial of your faith is someone that is doing right. And God sees fit that I trust this person to handle some very, very hard situation, just like Job. Job had nothing wrong. He was not being corrected. But he was, had a trial of his faith because God was saying, I'm going to need him so that I can prove to our enemy that someone that trusts me can make it and make it well. And then the other side is, if you're a Christian and God loves you, he will chasten you. The result of your chastening is because of your disobedience. But sometimes the result of your obedience is the trial of your faith. Because God will not put more on you that he understands you can understand. So a weak Christian, God will probably not put such a heavy trial. I would assume, okay, and I understand. I don't know his will. I'm not sovereign. I'm not God. I'm not sovereign. But I would assume he would not put a heavy weight on a Christian that is very, very weak. But he might do that on somebody that's very strong. Paul might have been able to bear that thorn in his flesh. 
and God told them, my grace is sufficient for you. Or he might not have given it to maybe Timothy. I don't know. Okay? But there's a difference. There's a difference when you know you're going against the will and the leading of God in your life and you're in disobedience. If you're saved, God will chasten you. And it feels the same as if you're obedient and faithful by the way God's giving me so much problem because he's trying your faith. He's giving you to the next level. He's refining you so that you can be used in a more wonderful, greater way. And either way feels horrible. So if you're here, turn. God, I'm just going to do what you want me to do. And if you're here, you're going to turn to God and say, God, I need you. I don't understand why you're doing this, but I understand the fact that you have a reason. And there's a lesson I need to learn or there's a use for me in my life. I'm yielding. And let it, let it be, Lord, and I'm hanging on to you. So think about that. So that's why sometimes bad things happen to good people. Because God is refining them to greater use. To greater use. You want to be more influential, you're going to have more responsibility. And if you have more responsibility, that means you're going to have to work harder. Okay? So think about it in that way. I want to be Paul. Well, Paul almost got killed several times. All right? So before you ask God, I want to be like Paul, maybe ask yourself, do I want to go through what Paul went through? And that's just a quick example. Look at it says here, uh, the trying times. The heavy times are trying to our souls, but real faith brings help that is soul deep. Peter compared the trying times in our lives to the purification of processed gold. And the Lord promises us that though we be tried with fire, we will later be found unto praise and honor and glory at his appearing. And if you're wearing any kind of gold, it is for display. It is for display purposes. For us to ooh and ah over it. But before that gold was able to be put on your hands or on your neck or in your ear, or on your ear, not in your ear, don't do that. That's a weird way of doing that. That's my English. On your ear, it had to have gone through some very trying times. And someday God says we're jewels. Rubies are, are, are very rare. And then some of you ladies have diamonds and you know how to pressure uh, it's very ugly at first, but the pressure that it goes through and makes it that beautiful and strength. It provides strength on a crystal. A uh, real diamond, if it's heavy, you drop it, it's not going to break because it's so, it's so strong. Right? Job says this, 23.10, But he knoweth the way that I take, this is the sovereignty of God. When he had tried me, I shall come forth. As gold before that, he says on the left hand, I don't know where he's, on the right hand, uh, he, he went all direction. He said, I can't find God. But then at the end of it, he says, it's okay. He knows. He knows where I am. And when he has tried me, I shall come for that gold. Some of you might be in the trial of your faith. Hold on to that. Because that means God is doing something magnificent. He is making a masterpiece. God gives us many specific promises for our heavy, trying times. He promises that nothing can separate us 
from his love. Praise the Lord. And like I said again, the triangle of your faith is not because he doesn't love you. No, he loves you so much he's trusting you with something he wouldn't otherwise trust to somebody else. And the process is not desirable. But yet you will be glad when, it's, when you go through it. And when it's done. Uh, Job goes, I'm twice the man I am. He, he was twice the man he was after the trial. Look at Romans 8 again. We were there, right? Romans 8. In verse 35, 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, what's the worst thing that can happen to us is die. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. May I, may, may, may I say this? Death might be better for those that are suffering every day. You'll probably choose death. And some do. And that's why we have a lot of suicides. Because they end their misery. So, there is, so I'm, correct me then, there's worse than dying. Is being in torment every day. And by the way, if you're lost today, that is exactly what hell and the lake of fire will be. It's everlasting torment, unending dying. It's a present tense. You're dying, dying. I don't mind dying because I know it's going to be for a moment. I get eaten by a shark as I'm flying over the Philippines. And before that happens, I think I just pass out because I cannot handle roller coaster. And so as the plane is coming down, God just passed me out. I don't even have to feel nothing. That would be perfect. I always fear that when I come up on that airplane. So I'm praying for all those that are going to be in an airplane soon. Just crash in Cebu. Korean air. Watch them, the Koreans. No, not, no offense to the Koreans if you're watching. We love you. Very, very kind people. Look at what it says here. For I am persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are some people that were in very much oppression situation that they would rather die but they were in a place where they didn't want to be. You know, in history, you have people that were enslaved, and it's amazing, some of them found God, and that they could go through some of those horrific things, because they knew God. And how many times, even Germans would kill some of these uh, Jews, and if some of them were saved, uh, I just could imagine how much God gave them grace, you know. And God promises that he will make all our burdens and trials work for our good and his glory. In the famous verse we go, Romans chapter number 8, verse 28 to 31. Quickly, we're almost done. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, 
he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. The only thing predestinated as a Christian is this, the fact that we will be like Christ, for sure. He's working on us now, but it will be accomplished in that day. We will be conformed to Christ. We will be like him. And praise the Lord for that. And moreover, verse 30, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Any saved Christian, he justified us from sin. He works the work of sanctification, and then someday he will reveal us in glorification. We will be glorified. So we were something to be discarded, some waste cast away, and God saw that it was worth saving, and he said, I'll save you. That's justification. Not only will he save us, he says, I will work on you, fine, fine work on you. I'll just work on you, work on you, where the Holy Ghost, work on you, work on you, work on you, and then I promise you, it will come to the end when you're glorified. It is not even come close to where you were. It's not even the same being. You'll be tr- transformed into something that only God could do. And all of us, when we get to heaven, we don't think of this way. But if you do and don't be like the devil, because that's what he felt. He looked to himself. But maybe in heaven you'll look and say, wow, what happened to me? And you have to say, wow, God, that's amazing, right? You know how wicked we are. We know our weaknesses. If you're honest today, you know where you're, you're failing. Even now, you know where you're struggling. And God says, I'll take care of all of that. It's not going to be there anymore. Right? Verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? <laughs> if God be for us, who can be against us? First Peter 1.13, and we're done today. First Peter 1.13, and we're done uh, with lesson number two. We'll work on lesson number three next week. First Peter 1.13, wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God's grace is sufficient. It'll never run out. Just keep looking. Lord, bless us. Thank you again. Even though this suffering might come, if it need become to give you glory and to help others around us, I pray that you'd give us joy and help us realize it's just for a moment and it will be something worthwhile at the end. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.